Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're at the very, very numerology lucky number of 333, which should be wealth and prosperity if, if I don't miss my, misremember my numerology. Today, we have a personal friend of mine and also an incredibly successful individual who focuses on VR. Uh, it's really exciting for me personally as a human being to welcome Robert Watts onto the show. He is the founder of, uh, is it VR Sale? Am I going to say that the right uh, way? Light, or? light Sale VR. Light Sale VR, yes. which has become an increasingly successful um, VR company. I'm going to let Robert talk more about it because he's one of the friends that I have that's doing something so cutting edge, so bleeding edge that I don't even know all of it or understand all of it. And I'm super, all I know is that I'm super excited. I've seen some stuff he's done and I'm like, oh, there I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it. So Robert, why don't you go ahead and do introduce yourself to our sure. audience? Sure. <laughs> um, uh, thanks for the kind words, Robert. I appreciate it. So I'm Robert Watts. I'm one of the co-founders and executive producers at LightSail VR. We are a full service commercial production company that specializes in immersive media. And so immersive media uh, touches many different categories. It's 360 video, 180 video, and interactive game engine content, such as branch narratives. You might have seen uh, pieces like uh, Banner Snatch on Netflix. So we basically take content, put it into a game engine, and then gamify it. Um, and so our clients are mainly uh, studios, brands, and agencies. Uh, and we work at all levels with all types of clients. And for us, it's about what is the experience you get out of, out of being in a VR headset, right? If you can do it traditionally in 2D, it's probably faster, cheaper, and easier to do it in 2D. But that feeling of presence, that feeling of being there mm -hmm. when you're inside the VR experience uh, changes your perception of the content. And uh, it's, uh, it's really quite a fun medium. It's never going to replace film and television, in my opinion. But it's a, it's a brand new medium that's here to stay. And uh, you can do a lot of cool things with it and uh, touch people in a, in a very interesting and fun way. Brilliant. Um... John, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to our new users, and then I will explain why I asked, nay, begged Robert <laughs> to come on to the show today. Oh, thanks, Robert. I am the founder of Mailrite. Um, we build really semi-custom or full-custom, great-looking websites on WordPress. Plus, we give you a suite of marketing tools to generate leads from that website. Back over to you, Robert. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, and for Robert, the reason that I asked Robert to come onto the show today, um, and and I really did kind of convince him, uh, in my opinion, I laid it on pretty thick, is because I really do believe that, well, maybe today, this very second that we're sitting here, we haven't figured out a way to leverage VR properly inside real estate. Now, my personal humble opinion, because John and I, Robert, we field questions all day long from realtors on the show, off the show that are asking us, what's the next big thing? What are, what are people going to be into? And when it comes to having been through this pandemic, if in the middle of the pandemic, somebody had been able to do what I've seen you do, with VR, 360 immersion, walking through a house, there's no doubt in my, and they could make it affordable. That would have been the way that people shopped and bought house houses totally. in that moment. Now the technology wasn't there. The, 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 um, the distribution of the headsets, the uh, market penetration isn't quite there yet. 
But Agreed. is it to say that it won't be? Maybe in yeah. three or four years, five years? I don't know that I I don't know that I personally don't buy into it is going to get there. It's, it might get there faster than we believe that is possible. There's billions of dollars being put into VR. You just happen to be a guy at the ground level. And I love the stuff that you're doing. So I asked you, my local resident VR expert, to come on and share your thoughts about the vision and future of VR and free think. No commitment, sure. yeah. no... Like, we're not asking you to, to say, oh, you can set your watch by this prediction. I'm just asking <laughs> you to say, I know VR. This is what I think it might be used for. Yeah. And I'm also going to ask a couple of questions of you of, like, how expensive would it be due to do immersive totally. VR? We, we know yeah. that the answer, like, full, full transparency to the audience yeah. is really expensive right now. True. But it doesn't mean it's going to be that way forever. All right. And there's, there's, there's uh, levels. Right. Like you can do VR at many levels. Um, I think, you know, to answer the first part of your question, what VR provides you that's unique to the medium is exclusive access is you can put someone somewhere that they could never be or it's very difficult to be. So let's say you had an investor who wanted to buy a luxury piece of real estate here in Los Angeles and they're in China or they're in Europe and they can't leave their country because of the pandemic or because it's a hassle for them to drop their work and do it. We can send out a team to create either a digital photo reel version or an actual live action version of that home and give a home tour. Um, you know, the reason that real estate, you know, we don't see it kind of in a big way in real estate currently is like you said, it's expensive. There are different levels of cameras. There are different levels of headsets. And only in the last couple of years have headset prices really dropped with the consumer release of the Meta Quest, formerly Facebook, the Oculus Quest. Um, mm -hmm. That headset's now only $300. That's my primary headset there in the background in that case uh, that I use because it is, uh, it's a delivery platform. You can watch video on it. You can play games on it. You can do guided tours on it. And because it's only $300, anyone can pick it up. Now there is a $6,000 headset that they use to design cars with and do components for the space shuttle. Um, but, uh, you know, not everyone's going to have that. Then, you know, that requires like a major gaming tower computer to run and it requires you to be plugged in. But with the quest, you could package it up, send it to somebody with all the content on it that you want. And I use quest because that's kind of the go-to consumer uh, version, but there are a number of headsets that are at that level and around that price point between 300 and a thousand dollars. Like, uh, there's a company called Pico. It's based in China. Uh, we use a lot of their um, headsets for our, kind of our enterprise uh, experiences because they can be put in kiosk mode, which means you go in and you can only see exactly what we see. You put it on, it activates the app, and then it goes into the guided tour or the experience or whatever it is. Whereas on Quest, it's more consumer-facing. You can be playing games accidentally if you didn't want to. So, um, so yeah, so happy to kind of geek out on VR. Um, basically, the prices are coming down. You know, it's getting easier and cheaper for the hardware, easier and cheaper for uh, the content creation and the more photorealistic versions of the of the game engine content. So, you know, that used to be up here and now it's coming down. You know, that's essentially VFX creation. There are other companies such as Matterport, which I'm sure you're familiar with, who go and mm -hmm. use a live action version and kind of get um, get that. But Matterport owns all the content. So there are trade-offs for using Matterport and things like that. Right. Right. So, so 
uh, you you keyed into something, and I didn't intend to ask this question, but you brought it up. So, talk to me a little bit about Pico and that kiosk mode. That yeah. that seemed interesting. Could somebody be like, could I wear a headset in a house, have somebody else with a headset in China, and then walk them through the house? Is that possible? That is possible. What you're what you're talking about is a is a networked, um, essentially multiplayer experience. So that is that is what Meta is pushing. The metaverse is, mm-hmm. hey, we're both in an environment together. We're both experiencing the same content. There's a number of games and experiences and platforms that are like that. Um, it comes down to the interactivity. So it's basically how much interactivity do you want the user to have versus uh, is that necessary? So for example, if I was doing a, a luxury home tour. If I wanted to see the materials and see the space, and it's not really important for me to be like, I want to stand a little to the left, a little to the right, and I can mm-hmm. just give a guided tour, I would cap- personally capture that live action because you get the highest fidelity, the highest resolution. There's brand new cameras coming on the market. We just looked at a camera yesterday that that shoots 12.5K resolution, which is you know, captures even higher than the, than the headsets can output, at least the, the lower end headsets, not the $6,000 headset. Um, you know, if you want to be able to walk around every single step of every, an individual room, what we would do is we would go in and we'd scan that room and then we would digitally recreate it in a game engine so that you could have the ability to walk anywhere in the house. So you and I, as avatars, could be in that house and walk around. The trade off is you get more interactivity, but you lose the live action element. So the fidelity is essentially what you pay for, right? If you want it to look, hyper-realistic, like Weta, Lord of the Rings style, you're talking tens of thousands of dollars, you know? Whereas with live action, it just depends on the camera you capture it with and what headset you're, you're watching it in. So really, that's the first question we ask our clients is, how much do you need the end user to interact with it? You know, if that's less important, if it's less about seeing each room and going through a guided tour of each room so that I get a sense of scale and proportion and the fidelity of the materials and the building materials used, I would go live action. If you want yeah, to say, um, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I'm well, going to go off on a tangent. No, it's, it's just, I think we need to, well, I need to clarify it for myself and I think my the listeners and viewers need, I think there's two completely different, we're talking about two completely. We've got enhanced reality where you're still in the real world, but like what Google Glasses yeah, we're doing reality. And the rumor mill says that Apple are going to, in the near future, are going to be entering that. Mm-hmm. And obviously, former Meta, formerly Facebook, mm-hmm. they're investing a lot in both types. Yeah. And then Google, I heard on the rumor mill that Google are going to re enter the enhanced enhance world. Yeah. And then you've got full. Immersion, where you've got goggles and you're not, it's not enhancing the real world. You're in a, a totally immersified virtual world. Are they, am I correct in the way I'm framing it? Yeah. The there's, a, there's a bunch of high level nomenclature and it really comes down to the semantics and who you're talking to and how important it is to them. But basically, you've got AR which is augmented reality, which is Google Glass and the upcoming Apple, you know, uh, wearables. And then you've got VR, which is uh, you're in a world, basically, and you can't see the outside world in front of you. So uh, Pokemon Go is a good example of augmented reality. And the only difference is whether or not you're closing out the outside world. 
eventually, you know, I would say 10, maybe 15 years from now, the, the, the devices we will all have will be, will be glasses. They will be augmented reality glasses. And if you want to go into a, into a VR world, they'll just opaque the pixels and you'll be in a virtual reality world. So it's just about how the device, whether the device lets you see the outside world or not, and whether it changes the outside world. So on our website, uh, www.lightsailvr.com, we have a page that explains kind of the semantics between the different categories. Uh, if anyone wanted, wants to go see that later to kind of follow up. But right now, what I mainly do is virtual reality as opposed to augmented reality. Because, you know, especially if you're going to do real estate, you don't want to change what people are expecting to see. You want them to see, you want to capture it exactly how it is or design it, right? I assume, and design it how um, how you, you think it will look. So I wouldn't really recommend augmented reality glasses because A, they're expensive, really expensive. They started like $2,500 for, for the consumer available one, the um, uh, the Microsoft one. Um, and the field of vision, the FOV is like slightly bigger than a postage stamp. So when you put these glasses on, you're really only looking at like a small little bit in your glasses at one time. And it's not really an immersive feel. It's mainly for um, enterprise use, such as I'm building an engine and then there's an overlay of the schematics on top of the engine that says, hey, you know, worker, connect this pipe to that pipe, and I can see that within my glasses. So uh, in the future, in real estate specifically, I bet you could make really interesting augmented reality experiences. You know, so like you look at a wall, you look at a lighting fixture, and then it overlays in and it says, this was designed by so-and-so, this is the price point, would you like to add this to your cart, you know, for your bill, you know? Um, so there are different ways of playing it. It all comes down to what the end user experience is. Yeah, I just right. thought I'd ask it because I, I think it causes a lot of people a lot of confusion. Maybe I've, maybe I've confused things even more, Robert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, we're going to go to a break in about thirty seconds. As we as we swim in towards that break, I'm gonna I'm gonna add my a couple of my thoughts or going to see if I can clarify. I don't know that I can actually in this case, but. Uh, Robert is extrapolating, Robert Watts is extrapolating a lot of things that he's future looking into. Augmented reality is definitely not something that could be applicable to real estate today, I don't think. But the idea of it being applicable in the future, it seems almost damn likely because there's no purchase that we all make that's more vast or expensive or complicated than a piece of real estate. Yeah, I just I know we've got to go for a break. The only reason why I brought it up because in the near in the next probably year, Robert, is that you're going to have a device from Apple, and they'll probably be able to link it to either the Apple Watch or the phone, and the computer power in both devices, and that could be a a real game changer, Robert. Could be. I don't think that Apple's gotten there, but we'll see. We'll see how it's that works. One year we'll, later, one year later, one year later. So right. I, I, I wouldn't put my money on this year, but... Right. They we'll, started trying to keep up to, with Google Glass, which has got defuncted already. That's why Apple started their augmented reality glasses, John. And there isn't competition that they're aiming at anymore. They could keep pushing it back for the next 10 yeah. years and not really offend anybody. Here's my bet, casually and as a joke. Guys, I bet you that the minute that the Google Glass guys come back online, suddenly Apple materializes with their product. 
That's what I think yeah. is going to happen. Go for it, man. Yeah. All right. So we're going to go to our break, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning into our, our episode here. Um, I hope there's a few geeks really tuning in today because this is definitely high-level geek stuff for, for those of us that are really into that. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll see you in a, back in a minute. Do you want quality leads from homeowners and buyers right in your own neighborhood? Then you need MailRite. It is a powerful but easy-to-use online marketing system that uses Facebook to generate real estate leads at a fraction of the cost you'd pay from our competition. We stand behind our work with a no-question-asked 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Get started today. Go to mail-right.com. Welcome back to episode number 333. We're here with my good friend and VR expert extraordinaire, Robert Watts. He is the founder of VR Light or Light Sale VR. Yep. Ah, you got it. Right on. Wonderful. I'm also here with my amazing co host, uh, Jonathan Denwood, um, the pugilist, pugilist, pugilist from Europe. Um, so, uh, <laughs> where you going with that? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to figure out a way to get interesting with your nomenclature. Every single show, man, every single one, I'm going to figure something out. All right. So we were just talking about a lot about what the definitions of VR and augmented reality is, but now Robert, I want to move directly into what I think is the heavier, more meaty part of the topic for everybody listening to the show. Sure. So buckle up. Here's my question, and I asked you this question in private, and you did your best to answer it for me. So being with all of your experience, let's say I've got two different types of property. I've got a $500,000 house in a median neighborhood, and I ask you the question, um, I've got a customer in Canada, what can VR do for me? Now I've got, and, and the budget to market the property might be a total of $10,000 if we're, if we're lucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got another property in Beverly Hills listing for somewhere between 10 and 15 million. The budget to market the property is somewhere between a hundred and $150,000 mm-hmm. in each one of these cases. Is there anything at all that you could do? And let's say in each case, somebody's giving you some kind of, I know I have an audience there far away. It's not convenient to come see the property. So there's a solid like condition totally. in in this example where somebody might it's not just a casual question somebody might really have use for somebody somehow being able to see this property through virtual reality let's say yeah. china right a china mm-hmm. buyer and they can't get to the us right now for various reasons is there any application for vr and if so what would those applications be and and how would you have that conversation yeah so um there are applications for both um, what I would say is it's best to partner with an expert because there are a lot of gotchas in virtual reality, both in the capture, the technology side of it, and the implementation to a headset. But if you mm-hmm. find a good partner and you work with them, they can help you at both budget levels. So at the half a million dollar all in with a $10,000 marketing budget, mm-hmm. I would say the realtor or the technology partner could go out and get a prosumer level uh, back-to-back 360 camera. Uh, they cost, you know, it's the price of a GoPro. You know, you could amortize it over a number of listings. You could do a simple tour where you put it on a tripod or a monopod and you capture a 360 still photo in each room. And then you can have your technology partner put that together into a guided tour 
or perhaps like um, a microsite website where you, you know, almost like uh, Google Maps, where you click from one room to the next room to the next room. Mm -hmm. And then that person, the end user, the end client can either see it through the website or you could maybe ship them a headset. Again, price depending, you know, these Pico headsets are $300 to $500. So right there, you're at about $1,000. And then whether or not your technology partner charges you whatever they're going to charge you, um, or you can figure it out on your own. There's tons and tons of tutorials on YouTube and other sites to kind of for the more technically savvy realtors to do it on their own. It's not a premium level experience, but you do get the complete sense of scale. Hey, I feel like I'm in that room. I got to look in any direction I want at any time. There's a number of companies that are doing those microsites, mine included. Um, and uh, it would really help someone who wouldn't be able to fly to go and, and look at the site. Now, okay. you can multiply that for the Beverly Hills one, right? So for the Beverly Hills one, you know, the, the, the 10 to $20 million home, you can bring in a professional VR company such as mine or mm-hmm. ones like that. I mean, we mainly focus on media as opposed to real estate and architecture, but there are other companies of a similar ilk as mine. Mm-hmm. They would bring in a film camera, essentially, or a camera that captures like a red with a fisheye lens on it and they would shoot it in 360 at the highest resolution possible so that when you view it in a headset as the end user, it's as if you're standing there, almost. There, you know, The resolutions of certain headsets and certain cameras are almost as good as the human eye. Mm-hmm. And you can do uh, more interesting things that are more relevant. So you could have a guided tour. You could have an agent you know, walk you through, explain every detail, you know, really make it interactive if you wanted to where you have the ability to, it's not just like you're on rails where you're like, I have to go from the master to the master bath. Like you can say, hey, I want to double back. I want to go back and look at that master. I want to go outside. I want to go in any direction I want. Getting up there with a full crew and a full camera, you're looking at a much higher price point, right? Starting at around $25,000 and going up from there, depending on how many headsets, the length of, of the experience, how many interactive spots you need, and what fidelity and resolution you want the end client to view it at. So, so let's just say 25K is the starting point. Let's just pretend that you have an agent that wants like a multi-choice guided tour, multiple headsets, um, is telling you that they probably need you on site for more than like you need to be there for a couple days, not just a day. Sure. Like give me the low, give me the high. Like understanding it's just yeah. a guess. It's um, just a guess. If you exclude travel, and this is just a very top level range, I would say the low is probably 50 to 75. Mm-hmm. Um, what's nice about our crews is they're usually experts. They're, they're, they're strike teams. So we would roll in with a team of four, four to six people. And we could do even a massive, you know, $30 million Beverly Hills mansion. We could probably do that in a day, you know, single 10 or 12 hour shooting day if we had full access to it. Um, the issue would be if, if you have talent, uh, whether you have a realtor who, you know, is going to give you a tour or we bring in a celebrity or somebody of that ilk to, to give you that, um, the high end, you're probably looking at maybe $150,000. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of really depends on those specific elements. We talked about how long we have access to the site and, um, how many individual spots you want to do and how much interactivity, because we look at the ways that you're going to be interacting with the end user is going to be interacting with the content to make it seamless, easy, but still enjoyable. Gotcha. 
Um, so now, John, I have some questions, but that, but I'm, I want to pause because I have a series of follow-up questions, but do you have any comments or thoughts about that? No, no, but I, I really think for the high end, for the high end prop, I think both, you know, there are companies on the low end that you utilize a 360 camera. There's a couple of franchises that, um, well, a couple of companies use utilizing a franchise model where a local video person can buy the camera and then they sell their services to real estate agents or a real estate agent, if they they could afford that, which I think they could, it definitely gives you a slight edge, something different than what the competition. And for the high end, um, if you're looking at the international market, it's probably worth the investment, isn't it, Robert? I think so. And I think the difference is is it's a part of your larger package. You know, like when my wife and I were shopping for for our house, you know, like, there's a difference between just looking at 2D photos and actually being there and walking around the property. And with 360, you get to see things that wouldn't be, uh, that aren't immediately apparent in 2D, right? You get to see the, the ceiling. You get to see the floor. You get to, you can put that 360 camera in any position that you would normally stand or sit in that room and get the perspective of that room from that point. You're not just stuck to the one or two or, you know, 2D photos that, that, that you know, that are on there. Um, and I think it really helps augment your feeling and understanding of, of said property. I agree with everything you both are saying. And I think that on the low end, lower end, I've started to see market penetration. So I have a friend who's a photographer who does real estate photography. And he, in order to compete against other real estate photographers, he's added a 360-degree camera into a standard package. I'm pretty sure, John, that one of the amazing photography-related uh, interviews that we had on the Mailwright Show was also doing 360, yeah. but I think he had packaged it as a separate product. Mm. Like, you could do 2D, you could do 3D. Um, so do I think there's a market? I think, that, I think that we're talking past tense. I think there's a lot of people out there already investing in this to market their listings, like the, the lower end that you were talking about, Robert, that, yeah. that whole, let's just go out and buy a 360 camera. Um, immersive... I've never seen in real estate. And for those people that are listening to the show, what I encourage you to do is go to lightsalevr.com and look at Robert's definitions about what the difference is between immersive and walking along because I've experienced immersive. It is incredibly different. Words do not do it justice. Saying that you feel like you're in the room is quite different than looking at a picture of the room, even mm-hmm. if it's interactive in 360. It's yeah. just yeah. different. And the only way that you're going to experience it is to either see it or grab a headset and put it on. And once you do, you will probably be like me, completely and utterly convinced that there's a big future for immersive VR inside certain segments of the real estate market. Yeah. Like, let me give you an example. Destination markets. Most destination markets right now operate off, I'm on vacation, I see properties, and I would then buy. Very few people go to like Los Cabos to to search out and buy a home. They go there on vacation, then they see a home, and they remember it, and maybe they buy it sight unseen, but more likely they go back on vacation and then buy eventually. Imagine the game changer 
if there was a single real estate, I don't know, store, for lack of any other better word, that was able to immerse you in 20 or 30 different properties inside a second home destination market, and you no longer had to get on a plane and fly there to look at the available property, come on, man. There's nobody in the world that can convince me that the convenience of like walking into one real estate store that happened to be local to you and then being able to look through the eyes of another real estate store that's located in your location and feel like you're in the, there's nobody that's going to convince me there's not a market for that and And a big one. You hit the nail on the head. There's a huge difference between experiencing immersive media in a headset and doing it on the website when you're clicking and dragging. Because when you're in a headset, you feel like you're actually there. You have this thing called presence, the feeling that you're actually there. And, you know, I, I don't know if I'm, if I agree about real estate, you know, kiosks, but, there are kiosks at airports now. There are mm-hmm. kiosks at hotels now. I expect to see kiosks um, on cruise ships where you can do excursions. So I could easily see, oh, by the way, you know, this excursion that you just went on in Cabo, here is the surrounding properties around it. You want to go and take a look at them in 360, in VR, in immersive, because you just rode a jet ski by them. You know, So I can see uh, real estate um, personnel getting into... Uh, places where they're already going to be location-based VR kiosks. Gotcha. Well, we'll like time will tell. I think the okay. exact mechanics are are definitely wide open. But okay. I just here here's what I would premise to anybody listening to the show. Yes, the mechanics, maybe Robert's idea, maybe my idea. But is there somebody that's going to leverage it? Oh, come on, yes. And they, they will figure out the way to do it. And it will be some, and my opinion ultimately is it'll be somewhere based deeply around convenience, someplace yeah. like that you wouldn't normally like get to or something like that, where you're like, oh my God, I can look at it right now, right here in this moment. I don't have to go there. Like, sure. Sign me up. That's going to be a big thing. So uh, Robert, can we keep you for 10 more minutes and of go course. into a little bit of bonus time? All right. Yeah, of course. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, realtors of all ages and levels of experience, we so deeply appreciate you listening to the podcast today. We're going to move the show over to the MailRight YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash mail hyphen right. Um, we're uh, going to ask that once you move over to the show that you leave us a comment, you leave us a like if you actually watch the show there. Um, if you would like to find me, you can do so at inboundrem.com. Robert, if they, anybody would like to find you, how would they go about doing it? Uh, www.lightsailvr.com. Light like a light bulb, sail like a sailboat, and VR is in virtual reality. Awesome. John? Yeah, and just go to the mail-right website, have a look, and um, book a chat with me or Adam. Awesome. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Stay, move over to the YouTube. We'll see you in a second.